Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. Stop kicking, stop fighting back, just let it happen. This is... Stop kicking me under the table, Bill. (laughs) This is the venue, which features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons locked in a small concrete box, staring at the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry, beaming to you live from a satellite in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I am Noah Tarno, uh, founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Talking to you straight from my room slash office slash quarantine center in Berkeley, California. It also is a decompression chamber, right, Noah? The the nice thing about it is that if you ever get the bends, you can just crank up the pressure and chill out for a few days there. Depends what you mean by decompression, but yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> so let me ask you something. Have you listened to anything lately? Have you have you <laughs> taken any new art? Have you have you spun anything on your old eight track uh, uh, recorder in a, in a long time? Eight track. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, look, it's, it's, we live it. One of the things we're talking about is if this had happened like when we were kids in the 80s or something, I mean, even putting aside what would be happening with business and school, but what would be happening with entertainment? I guess we'd be listening to the radio. We'd all be watching the same TV shows, right? It's such a different world with, you know, the streaming platforms and the quibbies of the world. Yeah, you know, there's so much to sample now and so many shows to catch up on and so many movies to rewatch and so many this and so many that. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, record companies are not releasing a lot of albums right now. I, you know, it, it's a, that's a good question. I'm My inclination is to say no, but I don't buy a shitload of music. That's the one kind of media that I only get what I get. You know, I don't I don't sample around. I don't do Spotify, so I'm not keeping up with what a, a, a sampler of what is there. I don't listen to the radio, whatever that might wind up being. I'm Googling new record releases this week. So speaking of media that we do take in an apocalypse, in a quarantine situation. Yeah, this topic was is interesting. It was uh, one of those things that was floating around the world, almost in an old economy way. This was not necessarily siloed because it was a major label release. It is pop music. It's not a YouTuber. It's not someone who fills up a bathtub with jelly orbs and sits inside of it. It's not <laughs> some strange niche thing. This is yeah, as big and it's and it's an artist who we've been familiar with yeah. for twenty years now. Yeah, this is a person more than twenty years. This is this yeah. is Fiona Apple we're talking about, who is yeah, now forty two years old. Which this yeah. happens to all of us. Some of us are forty four, and some of us are forty two, and that's you know we've entered an age where my early impression of Fiona Apple as the sort of heroin chic woman who is featured under what looked like a flashlight's uh, aesthetic from the criminal video way back when you know this is this is a woman who is in her middle age now like i said it happens to all of us and we get to look at what her recent output this album called fetch the bolt cutters is all about i've been here too long so what I'm going to do is uh, I think Noah Tarno, who has a uh, traditional background in music much more than I do, not that I don't listen to music, but I think that Noah structured his life around analyzing and thinking about music more constructively mm, than me. I thought 
normally I would structure my life around that, and that's Close not enough. how things turned out. Yeah. So after having listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and I'm, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners probably have done that as well, what's your what's your impression of, of Fetch the Bolt Cutters? And yeah, Jim I mean, Apple? do we need to give more background on her? You know, she, she first emerged, I think, in like late 97. Uh, she had that song Criminal. Her album was called Tidal. And, you know, she was part of that wave of the... The, the confessional female singer-songwriter, I think Alanis Morissette broke that open wide, and then there were your Meredith Brookses and Paula Coles and Jules, and most of them faded away. But Fiona Apple, nay Fiona Maggart, uh, I believe she's from New York, right? Yeah, born uptown in Harlem, sure. Okay. She really has stood the test of time in a way that I personally didn't predict she would. And then this is her first album in seven, eight years, something like that, and recorded almost entirely on her own in her house in, where is she, L.A.? Venice Venice Beach, Venice Beach yep. Venice, okay. So let, let me tell you my history with Fiona Apple. So as Bill indicates, I, I left college thinking I would be a music journalist, and I was really in the thick of it in the late 90s when Fiona Apple first came out, and I was an assistant to the music editor at Rolling Stone magazine. I had a negative opinion of Fiona Apple for a few reasons. The first words most people heard from Fiona Apple, Criminal, her first song, was she, she this video, she's in a bathtub, and she's skinny, and she has this waifish look on her face, and she, the first lines in that song are, I've been a bad, bad girl. And I just said, well, fuck this. This is just a cliche, right? The heroin chic, as you said, ooh, I'm, I'm dangerous. I'm bad. I'm, I'm teasing you with my sexuality. I'm being open and honest. And then we, there was a cover story of Fiona Apple when I worked at Rolling Stone. I just remember thinking that story was like the apotheosis of like, the shitty Rolling Stone profiles, like written by some hack. She has a tattoo that says FHW, which stands for Fiona Has Wings, which comes from a dream she had when she was a child. I remember the article edit ended with Fiona Has Wings, Fiona Has Wings. Like, I just like, screw this woman, she sucks, right? So I just kind of, <laughs> oh, and then you remember the big scandal, right? When she won an MTV award, Best New Artist or something? Sure. Do yeah, you remember yeah. this? Yeah, she gave, so a she, shitty, gets up there. she gave a shitty speech. Oh, but not just shitty. Like, like in hindsight, you got to feel terrible for her because, like, she said what every 19-year-old girl thinks, but unfortunately for her, she said it on MTV. She said, I just wish we were in a world where we didn't have to give awards and this is meaningless and everyone has value. Like, it's so cringeworthy, like, young girl confessional thing, right? She has the right to those feelings. And then, of course, people jumped on her. And then a few years later, she released her second album, which had a 90-word title, When the Pawn. It, it's called When the Pawn, because those are the first few, three words. So that's what people called it. I started realizing that Fiona Apple might, there might be more to her than the Paula Coles and the Jewels of the World. Because not only was she standing the test of time, people still seem to care about her years later. Um, there was a song on When the Pawn called... Um, Fast as you can. And I remember thinking that was an interesting song. And I remember a friend of ours, Aaron Grunfeld, who is not a confessional female singer-songwriter fan generally, playing Fast as You Can for me and saying, I really like Fiona Apple. I'm like, whoa, like, that's unexpected. If Aaron likes, not only do I trust his opinion, but like, you know, this is not his type of music. I mean, Aaron's more interested in the Rolling Stones, right? So, oh, by the way, I saw Fiona Apple open for the Rolling Stones in 1998. I remember oh, that. Crowd didn't weird. give a shit. At the peak of her fame, crowd didn't give a shit because yeah, right. it was the Rolling Stones, right? So I'm like, all right, there might be more to her. Then maybe six or seven or eight years later, I was watching some TV special, like Elvis Costello doing this concert. 
and it was like uh, I know Fiona Apple was there and Billy Joe Armstrong, Green Day, and they were doing covers of Elvis songs. And she came out and she did a pretty obscure Costello song called I Want You, and she knocked it out of the goddamn park. So I was impressed with that. I was also impressed with that she was clearly a huge Elvis Costello fan. That increased my esteem of her. And then, you know, she keeps standing the test of time. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm wrong. I guess there's more to her than all these other flash in the pan women. You know, this album seemed to be getting attention. I saw a headline on Slate. This is the album for the quarantine. Uh, you told me Pitchfork has given it 10 out of 10, which they've only done like 20 times in their history or something. And then I spent the week listening to this album. And there are very few female artists who I love. You know, I'm not inclined to listen to Fiona Apple anyway. This album is very, very good. Any doubts I had about Fiona Apple's talent before are out. I don't know how much I'm going to keep listening to it. I will stand by my opinion, and it's an excellent album. She has an incredible voice. And I'm now hearing that, like, in remembering Criminal, her early songs. Her voice was exceptionally powerful. Sure, yeah. She, she can hit highs. She can hit lows. She sounds a lot more real than... Uh, the example I always go back to is Meredith Brooks. I'm a bitch. I'm a... Because that song is so transparently like, hey, people like Alanis Morissette because she's angry. Let's get a woman like that. But Fiona Apple is several levels several levels deeper than that. We were talking about this before. She got super lucky because she re recorded this album in her home for like a year and a half. It's She's banging on pots. Sure, you can hear her dogs barking in the background. She's meandering. She's... You know, all this weird stuff that sounds like you're locked in your home. Even the album cover, it, it looks like it's homemade out of like craft products. And there's this photo close up of her eye that looks like what you'd see of someone leaning into the camera on a Zoom call. I mean, this album really feels like it was made during the quarantine, but it wasn't. It was just released during the quarantine. So she has struck at the perfect moment and my god compared to what i think of as too many female singer songwriters it really feels real you know she talks about this song uh, under the table is about you know don't shush me you know i didn't want to go to this dinner you know oh the me too kind of anthem there's even a song where she flat out says you raped me and all of this might sound like she's jumping on the me too bandwagon i mean i don't doubt that she's felt these things but you can imagine a woman who's like hey i need to write about that stuff so people will pay attention to it it just comes off as honest and this is what I'm feeling. And her voice is incredible. And her piano talent is really impressive. It's growing on me. I think I will keep listening to this record. I think I'm going to go out and buy it. Not go out, but I think I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm going to go out, um, yeah. Right. Or not even, well, like, even if it was like, I wouldn't buy the CD, I just download the songs. But uh, CD, whatever. I'm not going to buy the wax cylinder um, played on my Victrola. Like a um, single. Like a single. Those things didn't last long. This is some good stuff, and people are going nuts over it. Although that Pitchfork article was pure sh shite. I think the and it didn't bring up the quarantine angle at all, which frankly I think is the most interesting angle. You know, I've never uh, I've never read a single line of, quor of uh, Pitchfork in the past, so I have no idea oh, no, what to God. compare it against. They veered towards pretentiousness way yes, too much. Yes, I understand Slate, that much. The, the Slate article is a lot more. I think it was Sam Adams who wrote it. He's a good writer. You know, you want music to match your mood. You want music that speaks to you. And it's not pushing the needle very far and making me a fan, quote unquote, of female singer songwriters. But there are exceptions in my world. And, and I think Fiona Apple is pushing into being an exception. So good on, you know, she stood the test of time. She's earned it. Yeah, this this is a great album. I don't like it. Like, I, I don't. This is not my taste, the same as, but it's it's undeniable. Exactly, that, exactly. I, I still don't think it's my taste, but I can enjoy it. 
And yes, undeniable. Very I haven't good. I haven't liked any songs that Fiona Apple's ever made. I completely give up the fact that she is talented beyond belief. She understands music. She grew up in a musical family. Um, and also, it seems like she is like great artists. She's able to process her pain and turn it and not just not just be good at music and understand how to read sheet music. She knows how to synthesize songs out of it. You know, people who make music for a long time, presumably they get better at it. You get muscle memory. And she still seems like she's got this incredibly robust voice at 42. And yeah, there is almost that like Bjork sound of everything was very analog. I got the impression that these are musicians performing on time in the same room. Yeah. The drum. Well, I thought she was the only one. Is Did she record this alone? Are there any other musicians on this? I thought, I you know, look, I, I thought that there was a, I thought she had something of a band. I don't know if she recorded really? every single piece. I know that, yeah, definitely. Right. Her. I, I, I didn't read that bit. Let me, let me look it up. Keep going. It was, it sounded like it was recorded in an analog space, the way you'd think with microphones coming from the ceiling and foam on the walls. And you get a real sense of the way music used to be done. I mean, oh, obviously. not, I'm sorry. Not only are you correct, performing alongside Amy, Eileen Wood, Sebastian Steinberg, and David Garza. I used to love that dude. He was a singer-songwriter from Austin. Mm -hmm. He was this close to breaking out in the late 90s. He was great. Well, now I like the album even more. See, she's got good taste. But it's it's fascinating, you know, because Fiona Apple was this person, man. You don't talk about people who just took the fucking knife under her ribs. She got it so bad. Yeah, uh, in the she, but that was the thing you felt sorry for her because even though it was cringeworthy, she was just a kid. Well, I don't and know. Can you really blame I, her? Yes, you're right. But I don't know if I did feel sorry for her because I think I, uh, I, what, I did. I did. I, I think I, it was a little bit beyond me to, to um, humanize pop stars, especially ones that look so ethereal and alien. It was easy to, for me to see Fiona Apple as the image. First of all, she didn't art direct that video. The, the record company did. She didn't say, yeah, I want to be in my underwear writhing on the ground yeah, looking no, like I'm course, sweaty. Of course, of course. Yeah. Like, like many a it female performer, fault, she was powerless and she said, of course, you know, there's a lot of money and this seems important. And you're telling me that this is what I need to do? Of course I'll do it. And, you know, like people then pilloried her for being the image of what they asked her to be. You know, I remember on The Daily Show, Craig Kilborn, you know, back in oh, the 90s. Oh, God. Fucking Kilborn. I remember. I, hate, I, ne- I hated I, that guy. Can you believe that that's <laughs> how that show started? I never forgot terrible. this. Kilborn called her in his monologue an unwashed bag of sticks, which I thought in 1997, that was a hilarious line because it's a joke, you know? But it's like you could not get away with that today for obvious reasons. But that was the parlance of like 1997 of just taking a hatchet to a woman. And it's like, so she goes six seven years between albums and you know she becomes more introverted and i mean her boyfriend was fucking paul thomas anderson for a long time i know for a long time yeah and you know but i remember during the mtv thing she was you know remember who she was dating then yeah i forget who was it david blaine remember david blaine yeah 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 the fact that she has this resilience that she stuck around this long and that she processed the pain and yeah she was chased underground i mean it was meant to be hurtful uh, when, when people issued these things, it was meant to be dehumanizing. She was chased underground. And what has she got? Five albums, Tidal, When the Pawn, Extraordinary Machine, Idler Wheel, and Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Five albums over the course of like 20 some odd years. That's as much as you could expect. You know, nobody owes anybody an album. And it's like, well, was she robbed of creative time because she just was traumatized by the fact that everybody was such a shithead to her for so long? Probably. And she, she you know, she earned that. If that's the case. But it, the, the fact that she comes up with this thing and it's uncompromising and she made it without much oversight. She got people she cared about in. 
Everything about that's a great story. I listened to it this morning on Spotify. It's very non-melodic. It's dense. Oh, I just I disagree. I well, okay, it's fine. Dis- disagree, but I think I think it's anti-melodic. I'm not saying oh, that's bad. Oh, no, you're wrong about that. Dude. So it's it's. I don't think it's melodic. The choruses aren't really hummable. And none of this I'm saying. None of this is a knock on it. I it's, think it's packed with hooks. It's dense full of hooks. with a lot of strange atonal sounds. Yes, percussion. That's true. I, again, yeah, I'm these these are not knocks on it. This is just why I'm not attracted to it. Yeah, no, they're knocks on your intelligence because you're so wrong. Why did Pitchfork give it 10 out of 10? Why is it the subject of glowing pieces? Why has Fiona Apple, I mean, we, we said a lot of that, stood the test of time. Why, 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 why? Well, she's clearly talented. And for a tiny little person uh, who went through a lot of bullshit, getting, um, you know, acid thrown at her, metaphorically speaking, she uh, is pretty wily and she's obviously pretty strong. She came through it. Whatever you need, she needed to help herself to heal or to endure, she did that. But there is a fan base for this music that I guess goes dormant between albums. You know, they, they understand you're only going to get out of her what she's going to give you. You can't ask for more. Maybe she'll go on tour, she'll do those things, but people don't sit there and, and you know, like grab the fences and shake them in thunder and say, we do, we expect more from you. I think people are very happy to get what they get from her. And apparently she delivers the goods. It's complex. It's well-made music, uh, which comes from a very personal place. Again, I we cover on this show a lot of music that does not come from a personal place. We cover a lot of music that is slick, that is machine-created, that is a function of art and competency as opposed to sort of poignancy and being personal. Again, I'm not saying... That's the reason why you should hate fucking Bruno Mars. But that is exactly why I hate Bruno Mars, because Bruno <laughs> Mars is, is just singing about white shoes, yeah, sockless, you know, sockless look, Mars gold is, necklaces. Is Bruno Mars trying to be confessional? See, this is this is what pissed me off about Fiona Apple back in the day when I didn't have a good understanding of her or, or Meredith Brooks or whatever, is that they're claiming to be more than they are. This is what we talked about when we talked about Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is just out there to have fun and to be a showman. Like he is, he is succeeding in exactly what he is setting out to do. The problem with a bullshit Fiona Apple would be that they're lying to you. They're telling you, oh, I'm real. I'm raw. Fuck you. You're not. You're bullshit. Uh, Fiona Apple actually gets that done. I'm sorry. I'm defending Bruno Mars. I think it's apples and oranges. They're, they're trying to accomplish. Oh, you see what you did there? Uh, <laughs> I I think Bruno Mars. They're isn't, apples and Marses. I've <laughs> apples and Mars. I've read Terrible. pieces of Bruno Mars where he is, in fact, or at least when, when he. Pivots. I've read pieces of Bruno Mars. What is he a fucking novelist now? When I've read the the the, the less the, the greater works of Bruno, Mars. the short story collection. No, when Bruno yes. Mars pivots and he's trying to make you believe that he's some sort of personal artist. Look, I mean, say what you want. Kanye West from the jump has always yes. been a personal artist. He got first. Oh, away I, from I, that. Kanye was my big point of reference with yes. this, but we'll get to that in a minute. But he, yeah, but he started personal and got away into something strangely. I don't know. He's it's oh, it's so of, personal. He's personally insane. It's relatable. I'm sure that her fan base. I'd be I'd be curious to see if she regenerated the fan base from from without. If she's got 15 year old listeners, if she's got 20 year old listeners, or if it in it perfectly fine. If her crowd of 39 year olds stuck with her, 
Uh, I don't know the demographic breakdown. It's, it's enough right now in, in a balkanized media landscape and a quarantined media landscape that she's popular for the moment. And so she she's won the news cycle for the last two weeks. And I say, bully, great for her, man. That's a, that's a fucking, that's a coup for her. Why is it popular now? Because it's good. And, you know, one thing this podcast is not really teaching me, but reinforcing in my mind is that really at heart, I think popular tastes do veer toward quality. I really think they do. Uh, I've said this forever. The most popular rock band of all time is the best rock band of all time. I'm talking about, of course, Hermits. Hermits. (laughs) Drake's way better. If you let people find quality, they will find it and they will reward it. So she's got the goods. And yeah, and this is a lot of luck. Although, I don't know, maybe she's anticipating something, right? Like maybe there was a deeper thing here. Like she saw, you know, she's in touch with a feeling like, the world is too much. We we have this need to that's, retreat. That's that's fair. That, that you know that is she may understand that more intimately than I right. do. It's like time and, to hide, and, time to retrench, time to time to protect right. yourself. I mean, I'm sure there's some hippie woo woo person out there with a big theory about this, but coronavirus is Earth reacting to the insanity of modern human life. So maybe she's in touch with something bigger. I mean, I don't want to, you know, frame her as I believe she's a soothsayer. Maybe it is not a hundred percent a coincidence. You know, that's that's a philosophical religious question. I I, I can't answer that. Um, and I'll say this again. I like how she gets at some Me Too ideas, but they don't sound opportunistic at all. They sound like this is what I feel. If I'm if I'm an artist and I'm creating art, this is what I'm going to say. They really sound real. She's got a lot in here, a lot to offer. You know, she goes from heavy to light, soft to hard very quickly, very masterfully. I disagree with you. I think there's some great melodies here. I think that song Under the Table has a really lovely melody to it. Uh, rack of You. Is that what it's called? Rack, rack of You? It had a weird title. Yeah. Um, it was like, look at the rack on that guy, the guitar necks. Yes. Yeah, like and that's great. He, yeah, rack, rack of His. She's talking about his rack of guitars, and I thought you would strum me the way you strummed your guitars. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I mean, she's her thing about relationships is very real. She has a song called Shamika, where she's remembering a... Um, a bully from when she was a kid. My God, the, the the melody on that's great. And her piano playing is amazing. I don't want to say it's savvy because I feel like savvy is implying you're making an album for me too. You're making an album for quarantine. You're making no, an album savvy, for Savvy just means you're clever, man. That's all. You're, you're, you're making, you are in touch with what people are feeling. You have these clever, interesting ideas, original ideas, and the talent to put them out there in a, I think, catchy way. I think these songs are very catchy. Relay is a is a is a good little rockin' tune. She's very passionate. It's popular because it's good stuff, it's original stuff, and it's of the moment. Everybody out there that's watching, everybody that's watching this world, this world is bull. And you shouldn't model your life. Wait a second. You shouldn't model your life about what you think that we think is cool and what we're wearing and what we're saying and everything. No, we're in an interesting position here because we actually had this particular pop culture quantity when we were younger, when we were a kid. But let's revisit it again because it has changed somewhat. Would you have liked Fiona Apple when you were a kid? No. I mean, well, okay. So here's the thing. If this had been her album instead of Tidal... If this had been the first album, she would not have been the flavor of the moment. She would not have been on the cover of Rolling Stone. She would not have been all over MTV. By the way, the video for Criminal was one of the 10 videos I had to identify to win a car on VH1. <laughs> and I and I knew it, man. I, I freaking go. knew it. I owe Fiona Apple that. If she had slipped under the radar of like 
the pop culture attention, there's no way she would have jumped out at me. I mean, I can imagine a scenario where someone I'm hanging out with is like, oh, I really like this woman, Fiona Apple, and played it for me. And I would have had the same reaction I have now, which is this is really good, but not for me. But I think the not for me, twenty early 20s me versus mid 40s me, the not for me thing is stronger. Uh, yeah, I, I would have not liked this. I wouldn't have hated it. I certainly wouldn't have scorned it, but it, it would have made almost no impression on me. It is the thing where this is all music, right? Like the, I can't think of anything as uh, subjective as music. It's yeah, so well, it's so hard. I don't know. Maybe visual art. Maybe maybe, maybe you're right. Painting, I, dance. I just, maybe. Like if if music doesn't click, it just doesn't click. I can't. I well, can't that listen, is true. That is I can't true. listen to music that I don't love. It just doesn't work. So I mean, I'm I'm able to. I'm, I'm grokking this from an intellectual standpoint, but there's nothing spiritually that moves me. But it, it does take me back to being a kid. In let's say '96, '97, when she she came out on the scene, we were co- uh, collegiate age. We were graduating from school at that point, and so. I mean, we were there for Criminal, and I thought, Jesus, she sounds great. I don't like this song, but she sounds great. Yeah, so since it's music and since I don't love the music, I it, it is extremely subjective, and I feel like I don't like this anymore. I can say it's more complex. I can, I can listen to the grace notes and get those on a more... Um, observational level it doesn't mean anything more to me because again the stories she's telling are still so foreign they're still so alien to me that i hear the pain of 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 the woman and i heard the pain of the small smaller adult the the teenager whatever the woman who was on the edge of being 20 or so each of those things are loci that are far outside of my um particular uh, vantage point so you know that's a I, good word by the way low thank side. you Great thank word. you so i can't i can't get in there but that that's that's me that's where i'm coming from but i could say the fucking you know the same thing about jacob dylan i mean that this is in the same place as so many of her contemporaries whether they were men or women by the way i want to go back to the eddie vedder thing for no i was going to say the eddie vedder thing eddie vedder got up at the mtv music awards said something equally as shitty as she did and really? had not, I don't remember, remember that. Wow. He said, thank you for this, whatever this is, and sort of oh, shrugged. It's God. like, but Eddie Vedder didn't have to but, eat but, shit the way right, she had people to. people didn't jump at her. Yeah, no, no I, exactly. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And it says something, I don't even remember that. Any song that you cannot perform live for any reason. I don't know about cannot, but... Um, I know I cannot fucking perform anything when my fucking dog is sitting here doing fucking playtime. Aren't you doing that? I mean, whatever here, but is the, whatever here. That's 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 articulate. <laughs> is the success of this album, is the attention people pay to Fiona Apple uh, in any way a sign of the cultural or otherwise apocalypse no um you know sometimes i bring up topics on this show uh to specifically engage like this is where we're charging to i think if we bring up ryan's world it's because oh oh, i can't wait till we get to the apocalypse part because that's why we're talking about this but i mean this this is a piece of pop art that's being put out there right now and um no quite to the contrary this this has nothing to do with an apocalypse like you said accidentally unintentionally coincidentally addresses uh something about a very specific part of the age we live in that you nobody could have preached this unless you were everybody who saw it coming at the cdc <laughs> the many many hundreds of hey, thousands of people we were the most prepared country in history except yeah. for the media here's the weird thing is that 
are we going to want to remember the shit that we focused on during the quarantine? Are we going to associate, this is a bad example, but are we going to want to ever think about Tiger King again? Because Tiger King to me is going to be. I, I really don't. I don't care. Well, no, we didn't care. But Tiger King, let's say it's something we liked. But it's something we liked that we we were shivering in our basements, trying, you know, fearing the other, the person outside with their wet mouth hole spreading germs around the world. Like, you know, this is great that we have all these things to, you know, a virtual campfire to, to huddle around. But will anyone ever want to use Zoom again if we don't have to? I, I'm not saying we will or not, but there's this apprehension we might feel about the things that we associated with you know a great upheaval i don't remember what i was doing around 9 11 like what what was i watching what was i listening to if there was something that like i just put in the in the dustbin assuming that no this was something that was from september 21st and i don't ever want to go back there again because i don't want to remember what it was like i don't know if um, that's the only apocalypse thing it's not even a matter of is this a sign of the apocalypse but it's apocalypse associated quibi we're happy that quibi dies quibi should go away quibi is gonna experience its own apocalypse and like i, I don't said, agree yet i stand by okay my opinion. but 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 like you know you had it perfectly right is that they were in a position to exploit the apocalypse and couldn't slash didn't slash haven't yet nonetheless you know fiona apple i hope made a piece of art that has duration beyond the atmosphere in which she's been engaged but no in and of itself this is definitely not a sign of the apocalypse just remembering how uncharitable everybody was that i you know regardless of what success she's had i still think that she's given far more and she's had far more taken from her than she's been given now that's a lot to say because you know she's probably comfortably mater comfortable materially enough but i mean it's like there's still chunks of her flesh taken away you know maybe i don't she know man she gets to she gets yes. To express herself as an artist and people pay attention yeah i mean do you realize what a goddamn gift that is but if it's like i mean i make money as a quote-unquote artist yeah but there's this little part of me that would give anything for get i mean we'll get but you know jealousy. a lot of, a lot of artists do that and that doesn't make them happy they do it because that's their no. job they do it because they earn they do well, it because they also do it because to. they think it'll make them happy and it they think it'll make them happy right exactly but right. it's like all the attention in the world i'm sure i'd the, still be the, a miserable motherfucker if i were hosting jeopardy or something that's what i'm saying but it's like the, the venue in which to do it is great but that doesn't there's not a panacea for everything that ails you and judging from what i read about her this is not fix all the damage she's had in fact she still very much lives inside of the rape that she experienced when she was a kid there's just so much pain that this can give an outlet for but she's fighting the same battle day after day as all damaged people i'm not saying she's more damaged i'm just saying she's yeah. got damage and, and and she's she's dealing with it as best she can right and we can't judge what goes on in her head precisely she might be rich famous whatever i mean it's like you know i think it was an important lesson for america in recent years anthony bourdain robin williams i feel like there's someone else the people who committed suicide even though from like an outsider's yeah. point of view yeah, they, yeah. They, they, had, they had it all they were living the life yeah. you know you can't first of all it just shows that that level of depression is not get off your ass it's a disease and second of all like you can't know what's in their head like you don't know N not only do you not know what's in their head you also don't know what's in their life oh he must have had it all like you don't know what that guy was dealing with day by day when he woke up in the morning he might have had some interpersonal situation that was an absolute nightmare worse than you could ever imagine we can't know new yorker article aside npr by the way i listened to this npr interview where she really didn't sound very insightful at all which all the more like underlines i think she's an artist because she sounds her art sounds insightful yeah she talks to her work her. Yeah, yeah right interviewing her she just sounds like very standard <laughs> no not dumb but like i hear you, you know hear you. not particularly interesting she's got such a gifted voice and she's such a gifted performer and such a gifted musician and it, you could talk about her for days and never even bring that up.
No, let me ask you, finally, uh, is there any tinge of jealousy from this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's the remnant. When I didn't like her in 98 or 99, there was definitely jealousy there. Because here I was, 23-year-old guy, couldn't get laid to save my life. I think I wasn't out there harassing women. You know, definitely when I'd see these women who were being treated like these great thinkers and artists and poets and all that... I'm like, well, I'm not welcome into that world, so screw them. Am I jealous now? Yeah, I listened to that NPR thing made me a little jealous in that, you know, she didn't seem to have much to say, and NPR has given her that treatment. But then you listen again to the music, and she does have something to say. Uh, I wish I were that talented. I wish when I came out with new work, the cultural world stopped and took notice the way it takes notice of her. Uh, I'm not a musician. I wish Pitchfork was kissing my ass. Uh, so sure, I'm jealous. I mean, but the way I'm jealous of so many people we talk about on the show just because they're stars and I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. They're just complete, complete N.A. I mean... Uh, complete I, N.A. No jealousy at all. It is the complete uh, Beatles. It is the complete N.A. No, no jealous at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, this. she expresses herself better than I can. It seems like she's earned her keep. She's stuck around. There, I, it's hard to feel anything other than this sense of some, for some reason, there's this like collective guilt that I was somehow part of the tide of, of shit hettery that, that made her life miserable. But I, I don't, oh, I, please, I wasn't. That wasn't, stop. I'm just saying it's like, but, but I, I definitely feel Look, her. That night you took Fiona Apple out, <laughs> you bought her a $45 lobster. I mean, come on. What did she, it's and terrible. I didn't call her again after that. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, she yeah. promised to email back, and she never emailed you back. I mean, doesn't the tr- doesn't doesn't a promise mean something anymore? It doesn't. But but this brings us to the true the true end, the ultimate tooly of our show, which is the Felonian scale, uh, with Jimmy Fallon as the zero base culturally of everything that we we can't stand. And Jimmy Fallon's two. By the way, I don't know if you've seen this, but people are getting on social media saying Jimmy Fallon's two kids who are jumping into his videos. There's a nice little subversive snarky thing. I'm like, why don't you give them the show? They're more funny than you. I'm like, oh, I'm so, <laughs> so, it makes me so happy to hear that. Everything he puts yeah, out there. I, I don't always, pay attention to anything. There's, a, there's always a bit of shittiness from people saying, oh, those two kids are so much funnier than him. I was like, yes, thank you. Please come, come on board. Invite yeah, invite yourself over to my shittiness because we're all we're waiting. We got plenty of room for you. But anyway, where do you put this? Uh, where do you put fetch the bolt cutters on the felonian scale, Noah? Well, so I mentioned before that I actually, in terms of other topics of the show that were big reference for me in thinking about her, I was thinking about Kanye West. But Kanye West, I can recognize, is extraordinarily talented, extraordinarily original, has something to say. But I'm not going to go to that music for my personal entertainment. So I kind of felt like Fiona Apple was like that. But as I have listened and re-listened to some of the songs on, on this album, I definitely enjoy this more than I enjoy Kanye West. This yeah. music speaks to me more than Kanye speaks well, to the, me. Well, the idiom is much closer to your thing. Well, it, it is. And also just also it's tinged by the fact that what I also know about Kanye West is that he's he seems to be an awful human being. He is a bold sellout supporter of an absolute traitor to the United States of America, in my opinion. And if you disagree, you are invited to stop listening to this podcast. I don't like him. And there's nothing... I mean, yeah. maybe if I met Fiona Apple, I'd think she was a horrible human being and want nothing to do with her, but I'm not boring NPR interview notwithstanding. She doesn't seem like a bad person. Yeah, she's got a lot of ground to make up if she's going to inspire that kind of loathing in you. Yeah, exactly. She came out as a Trump supporter. I don't know why I <laughs> that, that was just... that. She'd surprise me then. 
so so I want to put her at the Kanye thing, which I don't remember exactly what I said about Kanye, but like this is very good, but it's not my thing. So it's somewhere near the top, but not really near the top because I don't like want to go back to it. Yeah. The fact that I do, I come to like this more. So I'm going to say this is like top quarter, mm-hmm. maybe like just above, like the bottom of the top quarter. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the quartile. Yeah, yeah, you know, I... I thought about this and I you know what occurred to me was uh, RuPaul's Drag Race in terms of something mm, that yeah. is obviously very well done it is a cultural niche it speaks to a lot of people but also had zip to do with me and was nearly completely uh, did not inspire anything um, other than fatigue from watching something that I couldn't quite just grasp the vocabulary of for whatever you want to say I think Fiona Apple's music does a lot of the same things but I think I understand it a little more I think of this as like two RuPaul's Two Just RuPaul's. Two RuPaul's. So yes, it, it does. It, it is t- double, definitely double the RuPaul. It is is on a top quartile for sure. It it, it is uh, something that I, I won't ever go back and listen to again. I mean, I will feel a little more wizened and enlightened about it, and I have more of a stake in the person um, and the artist. But I don't need to actually peruse the art in order to understand more about it because it doesn't speak to me. But much like RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm very glad it's in the world. You know, RuPaul being a, a wealthy fracker uh, on, on his Wyoming land aside, it, the, the institution is a— Wait, wait, wait. He, he fracks on yes, land in yes. Wyoming? Yes, he does. That was Oh, a, my God. That I is, know. That's bad. That's sad. unexpected. It is, isn't it, though? But wow. it's true. So you, it's like, he seems like a great guy. Do you think he's really an asshole? Probably. Yeah, you don't get this far without becoming a little, a little bit of an asshole. But hey, wow. what do I know? What do I know? Anyway, I believe that takes us to the end of our episode. If you would like to catch up uh, on our program, um, we have many of them. This this is just one of many episodes. Yeah, Actually, we only have one many, program. Many, many, many. We have well, I, many no, episodes. We can, I have another program that you're involved with. Oh, that's true. I guess I guess it, I, I don't appear on mic, but I believe I'm there in spirit. I'm lurking over your shoulder, uh, giving you little squeezes on your trapezius muscles, giving you, t- come on, buddy, keep going, keep going. So um, find past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, anywhere you get, any fine place you get your podcast, you will find us there. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. You can find me at William Scurry on Twitter, and I am housebound and housebroken, so you will find me there a lot. I am, I am available to chat, my friends. My video content is on YouTube at youtube.com slash am caesar noah tarno plug 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 um all about the big quiz thing bigquizthing.com we are we are ending april as possibly our busiest month ever we doubled down on the virtual trivia events and it's it's happening it's happening you are shoveling dollars with a shovel into a coal oven just to keep your house warm to get the dollars out of the way and to keep your your burner warm right now you're using money as a fuel source that's how profuse it is that's how not really but we definitely are busy uh you know right where we get off the get off mic here i'm preparing we're doing a political fundraiser so we're doing all kinds of events um so go to bigquizthing.com, team building more important now than ever, and, and we make trivia team building work in the virtual space, if I say so myself. And yes, the other uh, show I referred to, we have a daily podcast, the Quibi of trivia podcasts. <laughs> um, the Big Quiz Thing's daily trivia dosage. Every day I get a mic, five minutes, three trivia questions from our archives, uh, hosted by me, uh, Mr. Bill Scurry, behind the scenes, helping out. 
Uh, so yeah, you can get that on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, etc. And, uh, you know, BigQuizThing.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Well, everyone, much like uh, Tiger King and Fetch the Bolt Cutters have become essential quarantine listening, and you'll always remember where you were, we certainly hope that I Don't Get It has filled in the same kind of quotient for you in terms of plague listening. Yes. So un- until next episode, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.